0: by Sports Interaction, sports Sportsbook.
1: Welcome back to Game Over Ottawa, everybody. The Nashville Predators have been sensed here today on this lovely Saturday afternoon. Here today with me, I have
0: Matt Botstey. How are you doing today? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. It was a uh, an exciting game, well, especially up until the end, and anytime there's a win, I'm in a good mood.
1: Mm-hmm, I'm... This is your second appearance on the show now, and the Sens are actually 2-0 and uh, with you joining me. So I'm wondering if maybe you're a bit of a good luck charm.
0: Debrinkat has scored on both games too, which, That's true. Uh, well, I, if you can count this as a Debrinkat goal, but uh, if it shows up on the score sheet, it shows up on the score sheet. Mm-hmm. So keep keep having me on so that Debrinkat can be worth his uh, his $9 million next year. Yeah,
1: luckily they don't have the uh, own goal rule from soccer, where it goes down <laughs> as uh, the defensive player's mistake.
0: I'm sure Shrinker uh, will take that one. I, I I enjoyed listening to the commentators when they talked about that. I'm like, okay, yeah, they're they're watching soccer for the first time. And they're like, oh, is it that funny? It's great.
1: Yeah, I do have to admit. Speaking of soccer, that I did have uh, France versus England on in the background during this one. Did you as well?
0: <laughs> yeah, I had it off to the side. I'm uh, I'm a little disappointed. I was kind of hoping hoping England would win just because I don't want a, a France repeat. But, yeah. Uh, Harry King, come on, man! You you can't be one of the best strikers in the world and miss that penalty. But that's that's the theme of this World Cup. It's weird. It's whack. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that that was brutal for England. I just I, I feel bad for them at this point.
0: Just it's, especially with it's how they every lost time.
1: on penalties at the Euros last time too. It's just yep. penalties doing them in.
0: It's sad. It's sad. But uh, hopefully we can watch Morocco or Croatia do some some cool uh, comebacks uh, mm-hmm. in that point.
1: But yeah, so it isn't a uh, game over World Cup, but I did definitely want to bring that up there because I, ha- I yeah. have to say I was a little bit distracted during the game, kind of looking back and forth. But the Sens did put on a pretty good performance today overall. It's not like it was a-, a boring game, you know, that had me looking away. It was just exciting soccer going on at the same time. I actually thought <laughs> it was a very well played game for
0: both teams overall. I think they're very similar uh, Nashville and Ottawa. They're both teams that I want to say are like 80% complete. They're just missing that one or two other pieces that really can push them over the edge. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the first half of the game was so evenly matched. The 30, was it 36 minutes or 37 minutes yeah. of, of scoreless, uh, of scoreless hockey where both teams had chances. Both teams looked good. It just couldn't, couldn't find a, uh, find the back of the net. Mm-hmm. And it's
1: pretty rare this season to have such a long stretch without any goals in a Sens game,
0: too. That's <laughs> got to be the
1: longest uh, stretch of play without any goals for either team, I would assume, for the whole season.
0: I think, yeah, I think that must be. I can't think of any other game that was uh, that was scoreless that long. Mm-hmm. I think the other lowest scoring game was a
1: two-one loss to Philadelphia, and but I think the goals were like kind of evenly spread out in that game, like first period second period, third period, something like that, so I think that was definitely the longest we've gone without any goals, but I still found the game pretty entertaining when it was 0-0. I know a lot of people get bored and kind of just tune out when there's not a lot of goals (laughs) happening, but I thought both teams were skating really well, checking really hard. It was a pretty physical game, uh, which was nice to see considering the lack of goals.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm... i I grew up a goalie, so my favorite games are one-nothing overtime huh. wins. That's people will call me lame for that, but I love to just watch. Like I think back to like Dominic Hassock back in the day where he would just will the Sabres into a into like a 2-1 win or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Those were my absolute favorites. Uh it was it was good to see. And I think that the Sens played a complete game. I think that on the dad's trip, they were very focused on getting this win because we were watching players back check, we were watching uh player like timmy had a couple of moments where he held the puck for too long but most of the time he was taking the just the very safe play and mm-hmm. he had some really good chances off of that so i think i think this was one of their most complete games at least most complete road game i'd say this season uh there were a couple of the the four game winning streak back at home where we looked dominating but in Those this, the days I know, I know. It's only a month ago and we had such hope we thought we might be able to do something. But uh, I, I'm i trying to pick out a single player that I wasn't happy with and I can't.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think too. I, I don't think there is one. I think pretty much everyone played great today. like Or at least
0: up to the standard that I don't have <laughs> anything to call them out for, you know? It, it, Zaitsev, he was fine. Mm-hmm. I, 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 only time I noticed him was when... Uh, what he got boarded ridiculously there. And uh, Hamidick had, had a really strong, unfortunate second period where he got pegged a couple of times. Thomas Shabbat slashed him at the face. Bit of friendly fire. He didn't, (laughs) but he didn't do anything. Didn't do anything that, uh, that got, got any higher. So it was, it was nice to be able to see the senators uh, kind of put that together and maybe hope that we can kind of string along some wins in the new year to make a, and at least a competitive February in a in a March that might mean a little bit more than just tanking.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking of Nikita Zaitsev, it it's very nice to even though I'm talking about him now, it's very nice that going into this show. He was not on my mind, you know, because a, a lot during <laughs> that losing streak uh, from end of October into into November, we would just come on here and be like, oh, my God, Zaitsev was so annoying tonight and or complaining about his usage uh, from DJ Smith. But I have to yeah. say, since he's came back from Belleville, I have no issues with Zaitsev lately. Maybe just a bit of a mental reset for him. Uh, just I don't, I don't know if it's that he's just... Thinking through things differently, or just managing to keep his his uh, his play more simple. But he's been more of a quiet defensive type, uh, mm-hmm. not necessarily like a defensive beast or anything. But not making those noticeable mistakes that that we've kind of seen from him in the past. So it's really nice that, to be honest, I don't have a lot to say about Zaitsev. And the past few <laughs> shows I've done, I haven't even like, I don't think I've even mentioned him in the past past two shows. So
0: it's it's well, it's it's fantastic, and I. It... Reminds me of Borwieczki, because for Boros' mm. first few years in Ottawa, he was just hitting everything, running, getting himself out of position. And I think uh, Guy Boucher sat him down and said, hey, who, who do you think you are? <laughs> All you got to do is you got to be strong on your own blue line, take a pass, and then make a hit. And I'm hoping that could be something Zaitsev could translate into. And maybe, who knows, Trent man, I have uh, Trent man or Troy Mann. I get them mixed up. But the, yeah, the coach... Too. <laughs> the coach maybe down in Belleville just said, hey, look, you're going to be here for a couple of games. Think about what you want to do when you get back up and that's uh, it's come into fruition because we still have another year of Zaitsev and there's this hope that we can move them, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems like there's such a huge uh, a huge premium for, uh, for getting rid of bad contracts and even if there's one year left, it might make more sense for us to keep whatever prospect we'd have to package and just see if he can be the seventh defenseman
1: yeah you know if he can salvage his game you're right it's either a case of him being able to still just play as a decent number six or seven defenseman and then despite the cap it you know he's not much of a problem on the ice or or even if he manages to play pretty steady for the rest of the year it's uh like potentially raising his trade value. And maybe you don't have to give up as much to get rid of him, especially uh, if he plays out the rest of the year in Ottawa and then only one more year on the contract after that. So uh, definitely some encouraging signs from Zaitsev.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, and who knows? Maybe he's going to be one of those weird ones where he comes in and he's some elite defenseman. And we wonder why he hasn't been like that before. Gets seventh in Norris voting next <laughs> season as helps put us up in a second overtime uh, win in the, the first round of the playoffs and we're all going to be kicking ourselves for for being mean to, to Zaitsev
1: I do have to say the funniest possible scenario was Zaitsev is if he manages to stay on the team for the rest of his contract and then we get in a playoff series with the Leafs and then he scores a big <laughs> goal against him that's the dream right there if, if he oh. could get like a, a playoff OT goal against the Leafs or something
0: that's the dream oh, Fiduff had that beauty OT goal against uh Boston in the first round of 2017. Mm-hmm. We have a good track record of uh of least cast offs coming in good for a for a shot or two. Mm-hmm. I, I just saw Tate Tate posted something in the chat about Pinto getting a couple assists. I didn't even realize yeah. Pinto got a couple of assists, and that's good because I don't I don't know. Pinto, I, I love Pinto and I think he's a great player, but he has a second-line center when you're not putting up any points and getting I don't even want to say outclassed, but it is clear that he was having to play minutes that he shouldn't be playing at this stage of his career. Mm-hmm. Seeing him get a couple of assists there might uh, might be a nice little confidence injection for him moving forward. And, and as Tate said, it's nice that he can look at a score sheet and not be nine goals, one assist and yeah. uh, not do the Josh Norris that he did last year.
1: Definitely a big shout out to Pinto tonight. I uh, I'm not sure what the three stars of the game ended up being, but I would potentially have him. I would have him in the conversation there for sure. It was really yeah. nice to see him pick up those two assists because that's one thing I've kind of been harping on lately. Is he just like just the mix of players on that second line? I think it like you said, it's not that he looks outclassed, but I think that Dubrincik and Batheson are so skilled, and Pinto plays more of a simple two-way game that it doesn't necessarily <laughs> mesh all the time. But I did think their chemistry as a line. As a line was a lot better tonight.
0: Yeah, and that uh was it? I'm trying to think. The Batherson. It was. It was Kachuk to Batherson, but mm-hmm. that goal. Yeah, on the. Oh, that was a pretty goal. That was. That was a, a. That was a beautiful goal. And it, we're talking about the World Cup. That was one of those uh, cheeky little like uh, lift uh, floater in behind uh, Saros there. Oh. I uh, I appreciate that Batherson had the uh, the wherewithal to kind of look at where the goalie was and not just uh, not just go for a deke and and, and make that quick smart play.
1: Mm-hmm. It was almost like, uh, I think they call it a panenka when you just kind of <laughs> dink it down the middle on a penalty shot in, in soccer. I that was it. just, it was just beautiful. And the absolute love- confidence to pull off that move on a breakaway in the middle of a game too, because we've seen guys like uh, Nix's you, you do it recently in the shootout. Yeah. Uh, he might've done it on, in a, on a penalty shot too, but you uh, know, in, in a one goal game on a breakaway, like that's just insane.
0: It is, it is, it's nice. And it's, if we can get all of our players to get the confidence that they need, and we could be looking at a completely different January and February, and I think our next few games are actually pretty achievable. I think it's like Montreal, Detroit, and someone else. So yeah, there could be there could be something nice. There could be a nice little streak going for these players.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the next game is Anaheim too, who we whooped last time. So mm-hmm. the, they'll be looking for revenge, but the way Anaheim yeah. has been going lately, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not too sure they'll be capable of it. You know.
0: <laughs> it's I, I feel bad, kind of punching punching down because there's not that many teams uh, below us. But yeah, Anaheim is in. Why did Klingberg sign there? That's the part that it's I so keep weird. thinking about. Like, what I want, I want a tell-all book or an article <laughs> by Klingberg for what happened this uh, this offseason because it feels like absolutely everything that could have gone wrong for him went wrong. If he was on the Sens, like I'm not a hundred percent sold on klingberg because i think he has some defensive lapses but if he was on the send and he was playing top four minutes with us i think that he'd be looking better the uh, and the sends would be looking better i want to know why it didn't happen
1: yeah i think uh his i think like you know it's obviously the, the one-year deal of just trying to get uh, a ton of points and pump up your trade value and then end up on a good team but uh because I play a lot of fantasy hockey, I've I've kind of yeah. looked at picking him up because I saw him get dropped and his stats aren't even really looking that good this year. So looking like Anaheim was not the best decision for that. I I know there was rumors of the Sens uh, being interested in him. If they did offer him a one-year deal, uh, I feel like even though the Sens aren't way better in the standings, it's I'm pretty <laughs> sure that Klingberg would have been able to put up a lot more points here, right?
0: Well, you, you just looking at the roster, it's like who do, who does Anaheim have that's like a bona fide star outside of zegras You've hmm. got... Uh,
1: so I forget the other
0: Zegers and Terry, and then that's it. Yeah, and, and Troy Terry, all he, he we're talking about Pinto putting up goals like last year. He was like thirty-two goals, four assists, or something. Like all he is is a trigger person. Yeah, he's a goal scorer. Yeah, which it's cool, but it, it's not like Zegers where you watch him and you're like, oh, okay, no, there's there's a lot behind that stick. There's there's a lot of thought there, and then the rest of their lineup is just awful. Like. Sense fans we we like to rag on our bottom six or a couple of players but like you look at San Jose, you look at Anaheim and they have been bad for for so long with Oh, Bosti, I think
1: uh, I lost your audio here. Got the uh, a little bit of an issue with the mic there.
0: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're back, we're back. Oh, okay, good, good, good. I'm I'm audible? Yep. You okay, good. good. I was just I was yelling about how much I like uh like Brady Kachuk and Timmy. And even in our down years, we've had these players that are just so much fun to watch. And like Anaheim and San Jose, they've got a couple of players like that, but it's just like, I feel so bad for their fans. Mm -hmm. I hope they get something soon. I think it's easy for us to
1: empathize with fans of those teams too, especially because <laughs> uh, we we're kind of in the same situation this year of we were actually expecting to improve for once. And I think Ducks fans were probably kind of in that boat as well because they did bring in a few veterans, like we mentioned in Klingberg and Ryan Strom. But uh, I'm definitely looking ahead at the Sens schedule here and hoping that we can get another easy win versus them. And then the Montreal one should be really interesting in the game after that because Montreal yeah. has been... Doing better than the Sens, which I don't think a lot of people would have predicted heading into the season,
0: which I love because if they cannot get Bedard, that is an ideal situation. I don't care who gets Bedard if, as long as it's not uh, Buffalo or Montreal or Detroit, Mm -hmm. because we're already keep them out of the division. Like Edmonton could get them somehow, and I won't be all that mad. It's just I don't want to have another one of these stupid generational talents in our division. We already have Matthews, who mm-hmm. scares me every time. Jack Idol being shipped out was great, but Tage Thompson seems to somehow be even better. So it's I just want the Atlantic to not be in this crazy death zone that I think it's turning into.
1: Yeah, that's that's one thing I was thinking of bringing up here tonight as well was it, the. Looking at the standings like the Sens and Predators are not that far off in terms of record I think the after the win here today the Preds only have like one maybe two more wins than us which is tough because in the west they're sitting only a couple points out of the wild card spot and then for us it's like 8 points out like it, it really sucks how <laughs> tough the east is this year right? Eh?
0: Yeah and it's I don't think it's going to change anytime soon and that's that's the big bummer of our timing of a lot of our stars coming in it's not like was it the Metro? Is it the Metro? I think where that is who's whoever's leading the Metro. It's just like, oh, okay, probably the like Dallas yeah, or, or yeah, da, or no, I'm thinking the Central. It's oh, whatever the, Central. the Western one is. Yeah, bring yeah. back weird names for the, all of the things. <laughs> I want the Clancy, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's like we watch, we play da- uh, Dallas and like they're putting up points and everything like that. But I was so uninspired by the way that they play the game mm-hmm. and i don't think that they have any chance of ever competing for a cup with that kind of lineup like ben and uh say yeah are fine players Rob, uh, robertson is a absolute bona fide superstar and he's always going to be but like after that it's just a bunch of just piecemeal just jamming whatever players are in and seeing who sticks
1: mm-hmm. and they're
0: they're just coasting they're going to coast to a playoff berth and i think that if ottawa was in that division we would be we would be at least competing for a wild card slot. So there's, there's a lot of frustration there, but you also can't play the way that we played and uh, lose the amount of games in a row that we did and then complain about stuff because, come on, it's getting ridiculous. Yeah. Straight together a good month. I just want a good month.
1: Exactly. Hopefully this is the start of something good. And now I uh, just want to quickly take a moment to thank our sponsor, Sports Interaction. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's the World Cup with some big games coming up, hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pre-game, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn. 19+, please play responsibly. Now, speaking of the Sens hopefully being able to get on a run here, uh, their play tonight really has me encouraged that it might be possible, and especially the upcoming schedule. It's going to be some big games against uh, Montreal and Detroit. I I just have to say we really got to hope that there's no more injuries because uh, without Matthew Joseph in the lineup tonight... I was a little bit worried about how our bottom six lineups were going to fare because I feel like with Pinto already removed from the bottom six, and then you take Joseph out of there too. It's uh it's kind of lacking in skill in the bottom six. Although I do have to say today, I was actually pleasantly surprised with how our third and fourth lines fared today. I thought, you know, they were very physical. They didn't give up too much on offense. You know, we've seen uh, the fourth line get hemmed in for some, like some two minute shifts a few times this season. Now, uh, but actually, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, what did you think of our bottom six today?
0: Yeah, I actually like Kelly on mm-hmm. the third line a lot more than on the fourth line. I think he brings uh, a little bit more. He's a little bit more dynamic with the puck, uh, which can really lend himself to being useful. I I still think Mott is a black hole of offense, which mm-hmm. is kind of a kind of a bummer because I like the player, but he's just he's being asked to do too much. Um, but Watson well, Watson had a big block. Uh Castellick, I think, was really good on that one power play uh yeah. in the in front of the net with uh with Giroux. And when they did the, the review, the amount of like skill and timing he had to skate out of the blue ice, jump, make sure he was not interfering with Saros. So that's not easy to do. Perfectly and avoided. Castellick the goal. is exactly and Castelik's huge. So there's there's a lot to be excited about. But I just think that we're lacking that one dynamic player like you look at some of the other bottom and this is where I thought Matthew Joseph was going to be this player is just hey he doesn't need to play 14 minutes he's gonna or, or like he'll play 14 minutes a night and he'll look fantastic for every minute there but he has really struggled in getting the chemistry set up and mm-hmm. partially because we have so many injuries and then he's playing with who is the third line center right now
1: I think was it brassard today it's it's like <laughs> it goes back and forth between Brassard, Castelluc and Gambrel they kind of just rotate the like,
0: three of them like none of them are terrible and like for Sard, i'm bummed that he's getting as much time as he is but who, it is what it is mm-hmm. uh but i think if you if you had pinto and joseph together this whole time i think that they would have chemistry going and there would be a lot more to it and that's why i really really hope that with this joseph injury that we call up one of sokolov or uh or uh crookshanks because they are absolutely cooking down in belleville and I think that if you brought one of them up, put them on the third line and just had them as like Sokolov has really worked on his skating and worked on his 200 foot game. He's not going to be a defensive liability. And Crookshanks, I think, is our best player that or the most NHL ready player that isn't on the team already. Yeah. Putting them there giving them five games because we know Joseph is out for a while and just saying, okay, this is going to be the third line for December. Mm -hmm. Y'all work together. You figure out your chemistry and you go. And I think that if we can get some of that built up there, whether it's Sokolov with his lethal shot or Crookshanks with just his ability to see the ice. And I think that we are going to see that third line actually be able to uh, produce a little bit better.
1: Yeah, I I definitely think the team's gonna make a call up in the next couple days here, especially uh coming back from a road trip though, and then they'll have a few games at home. I know at least the next two are at home. I just I just wonder if it will be kind of a a call up where they give a prospect a shot, or if it's gonna be the type of call up where they bring up a guy like Scott Sabern, you know, just to be the healthy scratch. Uh, I'm with you though. <laughs> I'm with you though that I would like to see one of the young guys get a chance because we really haven't seen that here this season and with uh with our record not looking too great that's kind of what you want to see usually in these situations is the young guys coming up and uh we've got some someone in the chat saying crookshank needs a call up <laughs> omg how many times do i have to say this so so they've been saying it too it's not just you uh but i i want to ask you a little bit about crookshank cuz i feel like i don't know too much about his game like since he was drafted uh was it last season where he missed the entire year with a yeah. with a shoulder injury so i haven't been able to see too much of him
0: so he's. He, I followed him a little bit on. Uh, I forget. He, he was one of the non-NoDak players. I forget which uh, yeah, university he played for. Team. Yeah, but he played. He played very well. He's smart, and this is the thing that really sets him apart from a lot of the players that, that were drafted around him. Is he is he sees the game at a, a level that is a little bit ahead of his draft ranking. He can he spots a lot of people on ice, and he is very uh, patient, very calm and he'll make the right play almost every single time. Uh, contrasting with Sokolov, who I think is 100% instinct and just a big Russian wrecking ball that just goes around and does whatever he wants. Uh, it, it's kind of cool to see them together on the same line. And with Ridley Gregg, I've watched a little bit of Belleville this year, and they look, it's one of those lines where you're like, okay, each one of you is better than the AHL. Mm-hmm. It's just, when is it going to come in? So putting Crookshanks, I think, with... Uh, with Broussard or Graham and uh, and I guess it's Mott at that time. I think will give them a very good defensive line, but if you brought Sokolov up, I think that you'd actually be able to have a, a shot there. But your defense does fall fall pretty ha- pretty hard there. I'm trying to think who I would compare Crookshanks to over the last couple of years. I would say maybe a little bit more of a skill upside to Nick Paul, hmm. but that kind of uh, that kind of can do everything really well. Uh, but I just think Crookshanks has a little bit more uh, of a ceiling than Nick Paul does. Mm-hmm. No, I shouldn't say that because Nick Paul is like, what, 12 goals for Tampa? But like, it's Tampa. Yeah, you you're going you to get points yeah, gonna get you're going to get your points in Tampa. hmm
1: Yeah, and uh, the bolster in the chat actually corrected me. It was a knee injury, ACL and MCL uh, for Crookshank, which is, that's got to be really tough to come
0: back from. Was it Jack Eye? I, I know it was, oh, I thought it was, it I think been. it was him. Yeah, because I remember he had injured two of our players. Right. The same one. Yeah, that. Oh. uh that
1: I, we're we're gonna have to uh, go against him next week on Montreal. Hopefully he doesn't. <laughs> speaking of injuries,
0: hopefully he doesn't injure any of our NHL players. Jeez. I wonder how close Norris is to coming back. He went on the trip. He's been uh, oh. he's been skating with the the non contact, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if if maybe we don't make a call off and they think Norris is only a couple of games mm. out. I don't like it because I yeah. I think Norris shouldn't be rushing back in. But uh, I could see them wanting to wanting to get Norris in. And that changes our team. Mm-hmm. It changes our team so immensely. And I think that's something that we were a little bit arrogant about since fans is when we were looking at our depth, like, oh, we have so many centers, we're going to be good. But I think Norris is such a dynamic scorer, but also just such a smart player that having to make Pinto play the second line role uh, has really, really hurt our ability to run all of our lines.
1: Yeah, I I get worried about rushing players uh, back from injury too quickly, yes. especially because when Norris went down, I think was it like three to five months that they were saying, but but then it de- it depended whether or not he would get the surgery or not, and obviously he decided not to. I now I, I'm no medical expert, but I feel like <laughs> I feel like getting the surgery is kind of the safer option because I feel like uh just rehabbing it, I I don't know, it's like w- what if you have a
0: setback, you know? Oh, that's that's just it and the fact that it's a it's a another shoulder injury mm-hmm. which he had last year but shoulders are screwed like i've yeah. got a real bad shoulder and it's just like one of those things where you're just like well you can get the surgery to get it like 10 percent stronger is it really worth losing an entire year for 10 percent strength when it's already going to be garbage mm-hmm. for the rest of your life oh. i don't agree with it i say these players are they're crazy to come back like carlson mm-hmm. sorry yeah Carlson is paying for it. He paid for it for three years. I think that players need to take care of themselves and and their health is more important than a couple of wins down the road. But strictly on a selfish level is I would love to see Josh Norris back in. And our power play is cooking. We are absolutely killing it on the power play. And that's without Josh Norris. If we had Josh Norris centering our second unit or first unit you go back to the the drake uh josh and uh and kachuk first line and then stutzla Giroux, and whoever on the second line uh or yeah exactly like we're gonna be we're gonna be the most lethal power play team in the uh in the league because we're already climbing up there but without it it's really a one-line team yeah I- i'm
1: really glad you brought that up actually about the power play because uh, i definitely have to give them their credit on really improving the power play lately and. I think during the broadcast, they said that the Sens now ranked seventh on the power play. And the, I can't remember whether and or not that was before tonight. the goal today. Yeah, so, um, and it's a very interesting point with Norris, too, because he was the guy on the power play last year. It was just <laughs> set up Norris, set up Norris every play. And now with a red hot power play, if he does come back within the next month or two, he's got he's to start on the second unit, right? Which might be kind of tough. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm curious to watch. I would love to watch a uh, Stutzla, uh, Brinkcat Norris power play hmm. because you'd have Stutzla, on, or you'd have Brinkcat on one side and Norris on the other side, and that's just a goalie's nightmare because they're never going to be able to cheat. You can watch as much tape as you want. Both of those players have the most lethal shot from the top of the, uh, the face-off dot, so you're going to have to be moving back and forth, and then Timmy is just bringing God here when it comes to handling the puck. Mm-hmm. Like, have you watched him on the blue line? I know you have because you watch every game. But, like, this is this is Daniel Alfredson, like, incarnate with the ability to hold the puck on the blue line, dance up and down it as a friggin' forward playing this elite defensive, offensive defenseman role on these power plays, and then dish it off like that. He's, I just can't wait to watch him. Like, we're looking at Brady, who I think has two years on Timmy, and Brady is, like, still climbing higher than where we thought he would ever get. Mm-hmm. And Timmy I think is, is has these mountains of skill that he's just going to start like climbing up. And I just, I can't wait. I can't wait. Let's skip to the next season. We've already <laughs> ruined this one. Yeah. I wanted to see how, how good these players get.
1: Yeah, when you see flashes like that out of a guy like uh, Tim Stussler, who's so young and is already like on a point per game pace it, yeah. it like you said it's just it's just amazing we, that he could potentially get even better from here like you mentioned uh his, his uh his stick handling like along the blue line and stuff on the power play and on the zone entries too like he has some of the smoothest zone entries just with that skill with the puck and a lot of the time i find he makes defenders look silly out there at the blue line like <laughs> like one guy will come at him and Stutzo will totally uh dangle around him and then he that guy's kind of out of the play for a sec and a second guy will come over especially at 5 on 5 and then that guy will get beat too and then Stuzsula will just shake him off and and manage to find the open man like it's it's just so impressive how he sees the the ice out there and just uh, manages to always hold on to the puck like it's really hard to get it
0: off him. Can you imagine if we didn't draft Stuzla? Oh, like God. let's say we let's say we won the the lottery and we got Lafreniere who's a fine player. He's going to be fine I think uh I think the Rangers aren't doing him any any favors but like it would have just been so disheartening to look at, uh, look at whoever got Timmy and just watched him do this, and you look at your at LaFreniere or Byfield, and you're like, "You'll be fine," but look at this guy! Like yeah. it's it's so good. Thank God, it, it's very and nice. Same with Sanderson too, you know.
1: Yeah, with Sanderson too, it's very nice that we don't have to debate on oh, what they should have drafted <laughs> this guy or you know, like because in that in that top five of the draft. I think the only other guy that it would have been okay to pick up is like Lucas Raymond because he's yeah a pretty great player. Where and we still I still have hope for Byfield and Lafreniere. I'm kind of feeling like he's a bit of a bust. But if he was on a different team, like you said, I think uh, it, things would be going better for him right now. But it's that really is a franchise changing draft for the Sens. Like it's just it, it played out perfectly. Like even I know this guy's injured right now, but a lot of people wanted Jamie
0: Drysdale over Jake Sanderson.
1: I don't yeah. think anyone is thinking about that right now. Oh,
0: the, well, I just remember the discourse around Sanderson was, oh, he's just nothing more than a defensive defenseman. He's He'll be a, he'll be fine, but you can get those, like, you traded Dylan DeMello, and that's his ceiling. And it's just watching him, like, I, I'm thinking about the, there was a play tonight where he got the puck on a give and go, and he took it in on almost like a breakaway, but I think it was a one-on-one. He didn't pass the puck, I and, and he came up with a good shot, corralled his own rebound and then got back to the blue line before the uh, the pets were able to bring it up and that's just it, it's, he's a rookie. like this is stuff that Carlson was doing after three or four seasons. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're on the same level or anything like that but this is these player these players that have this unbelievable uh this unbelievable skill and this unbelievable kind of I think just the way that they feel and play the game uh that that just just goes next sorry i gotta talk to the bolster who knows who knows i'm not the a marco rossi fan yeah he said that. you're gonna slander marco rossi <laughs> so i feel i feel bad for Marco rossi because marco rossi has uh he's dealing with long COVID uh-huh. and he all that it's not easy and, and and all that and i think he's much better than his stat line is is showing for it but because rossi was a was a 67 all I heard about was like, oh, he's such a great player. He's such a great player. And I think he was a fantastic 67. But when I watched him for a player of his size, he wasn't fast enough. He wasn't squirmy enough. And he didn't have anything that was like such an elite level that would get him ahead of the game. So I I was one of the few people who said that I didn't think Marco Rossi's game would translate to the same level at the NHL. So I I am patting myself on the back a little bit that, uh, the senators did not listen to some of the tweets and they did not pick Rossi at five, uh, or three, as some people were saying that they should have. Uh, but I do hope to see Rossi and on Minnesota put up, put up a, a good season in a couple of years, but, uh, yeah, but I'm glad that we did. go.
1: Yeah. I'm always rooting for, for former 67. So I agree with you there. <laughs> I think, uh, Obviously, the Sens got the made the right decisions in the draft, and I think Rossi went in a slot that was fair for his talent yeah. level at the draft. But uh, yeah, we're we're just so so ecstatic with that draft. It's just just awesome. <laughs> now I yeah. think uh, that's where we're going to wrap it up for today. Thank you so much for joining me.
0: Anytime, I love it, and uh, we're two for two for wins. Two for two for cat goals. So uh, next <laughs> one, let's see if uh, let's see if it's a coincidence or if it's a pure science.
1: I'll just have to have you on as much as possible, and then we'll just we'll just <laughs> win every game.
0: Hell yeah, let's go!
1: All right, and thank you everyone so much for watching. I want to shout out to Joe, Tate, Bob, and Booster in the chat. Thank you so much for tuning in, all of you. Uh, if you enjoyed today's stream, share it around, give it a like on YouTube, and remember to subscribe to SDPM. That will be all for today. Uh The next game on Monday, Charlie will bring you that. And so we are signing off for today. Have a good night, everyone. Bye, everybody.
0: Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook.